Welcome to Joe Picks an NFL Team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his San Diego Chargers, is evaluating all 32 NFL teams to find out who he should root for next season. Yes, we did it. This is team number 32 of 32. I could never believe it would have happened. When we did our first episode, what would you have put the odds of us getting all 32 done? Probably around the Super Bowl odds of these Detroit Lions, somewhere around 40 to 1. (laughs) We did it. Well, we haven't done it yet. For the last of our 32 teams, we head to the Motor City and check in on our last feline mascot. And of course, last mascot overall, the Detroit Lions. Will they roar into the Sweet 16 as our final team, or will they end up lying on the ground as the last team to miss the playoffs? Jeff, hit it. Dan, how about how about will they motor into the Sweet 16 or will they need a bailout to go with the Detroit theme, not the Lion theme? Nah, I think my second choice is still better. Will they roar into the Sweet 16 or will their pride be shattered as they are the last team the to pride. miss out on the Love playoffs? It. Love, yeah. it. I, Love it. That was on this, Joe. I, I went with the pun instead of the, the pride reference. But Joe, though... It's our last episode, and we really should milk and appreciate every second what's not and instead go through it really quickly. So let's get moving, Joe. Dan, surely for our last episode, you're drinking this drink with me. Yes, I've read the ingredients. I believe the drink you're drinking is half a cup of butter and then some various <laughs> other things. It's, it's like two slices of butter. It's not, not a, not a, it's, so we're drinking, I'm drinking hot buttered rum. And I really have thought about this, Dan. Detroit is like the opposite of Miami. And we just did Miami and we had a rum drink in Miami. So I thought, okay, Detroit, cold weather city. They always play every Thanksgiving. What's like a nice fall cold weather drink. And then I found this drink with rum in it. It's perfect. I mean, it's terrible, but it, but it was the perfect choice. I've definitely had the like the spiced hot rum at bars before, you know, especially in the winter. And I've always enjoyed that, but there normally isn't like half a cup of butter in it. Well, I mean, that you know of. You're not back there making it with them. I'm pretty sure I'd taste it or I'd see it in the texture of the drink. I will say in the ingredient list, you have to put allspice. Allspice is a pretty cocky name for a spice. Like whoever named it was like, what should we call this spice? Let's just call it let's just allspice. It's like every spice. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's going to be like the drink we have for the, the playoffs. Exactly. Buying All allspice. Allspice should just be a mix of every spice. Well, if it's not, it sounds like false marketing. I agree. All right. Well, you're drinking hot buttered rum. It's too many ingredients to to talk about. Look it up yourself if you're interested. It's a lot of butter, presumably some rum. We don't have any more emails, Joe. Presumably, we have some fan feedback from our final two teams, including my local team. (sighs) Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So the Bears, the only team from our lightning round... To the Bears. To the Sweet 16. Uh, top comment. 
If you were a Charger fan, you would have spent the last few years watching your once-dominant team erode until now they are gone. Rooting for the Bears is the opposite. We just had our worst season in franchise history, so it's all uphill from here. By becoming a fan now, you are getting on the bandwagon at the right time. And then once again, I found a Bear fan, former Charger fan, another former Charger fan weighing in here. The Bears were always my second team, so it wasn't really a transition since I had already cheered for them. Uh, seeing, you know, seeing so many new Charger fans out there, I think what's happening is a lot of Charger fans are now finding their homes. Yeah. I, we know that they're Ram Fugees. I mean, there's got to be a name for these Charger Fugees that actually is smoother Ooh. off the tongue. Interesting. Interesting. Charger Refugees. Huh. <laughs> Let's think on that on... Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we'll think about it. We'll when think we're about it not live on this podcast. <laughs> okay, what do the 49ers think? think? The 49ers love me. This was up there with the Vikings, with the Chiefs, uh, as teams that I didn't pick that really gave me a huge positive response. Do you think Former I Charger could have fans. had anything to do with that, Joe? It's certainly unlikely. Uh, I mean, you weren't exactly like loving the 49ers. First but of all, I love San of, Francisco, Joe. A lot of former Charger fans weighing in. And then a lot of Niner fans making the same point, which is, and sort of the same point we made on the podcast too. This is a team that is certainly rebuilding, but rebuilding with what I think the fans think is a core that they can sort of get excited about. So yeah. I think that, uh, you know, you know, you know, a lot of the argument was same as what I just read, you know, with the Bears is like, come on now, you won't be a bandwagon fan. And then when we're good again, you know, you can really, uh, uh, you know, say that you were there when we weren't good. So, you know, they were a very welcoming bunch in 49er land. Yeah, I might throw in a zombie vote for the 49ers. Interesting. Anyways, the Detroit Lions. So, Joe, Tony's draft status. Maybe indicative of Detroit that when I typed in Detroit draft picks 2017, the first two hits were Red Wings. <laughs> they picked linebacker Jared Davis at number 21 to bolster their linebacker core, which is pretty bad. Number 21 is always that weird point in the draft where the top tier is gone and there are a bunch of players clumped with first and second round grades. Second round also defense tease to bore. Ooh, I like that name. Cornerback out of Florida. They went with a wide receiver in round three, but then most of their late draft picks were more defense. Outside linebacker, defensive end, cornerback, defensive end. It makes sense that they went heavy D because my perception for years now, I would be happy if my offensive fantasy players were matched up against Detroit. And uh, the the data still suggests that the Detroit defense is drafted in exactly 0% of leagues, so they're probably not very good. It seems like they've had a decent offense at times, a pretty good offense at times. So, I mean, this is yet another team that we're talking about that's really trying to use the draft to overhaul their defense. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. But, yeah, this is definitely a team that has had a above average to good offense for a long time. But, I mean, they've had good defenses, but certainly not recently. Number one, you don't want a team that's too good or too bad. So the Super Bowl odds for this team, the Detroit Lions, is dead exactly the same as the Super Bowl odds for our last team, the Dolphins, at 40-1. to How many Super Bowls have the Detroit Lions won? A nice round zero, but they won the 1957 NFL Championship, 
in a really exciting, thrilling 59-14 to victory over the Cleveland Browns. They have never appeared in a Super Bowl, not less won one. They have only been to a conference championship game one time in their history in 1991 when they lost, that's right, to the Washington Football Club on route to their Super Bowl. So this team is a team that not only has never won the Super Bowl, they haven't been to the Super Bowl, and they've been around for a very, very long time. Their over-under and wins this year is 7.5, just like the Dolphins that we just looked at. So, Joe, top third, middle third, bottom third, win percentage past 10 years. Bottom third. Playoff wins. Bottom third. And times making the playoffs. Bottom third. Joe, you, on the final episode of this podcast, how do you think you did? I think I got them all right. I think 100%. Mm, nice try, Joe. Only two Damn out of three it. again. Ugh. You finish in the same mediocre fashion that you were every single episode. You're dead right about the win percentage, 39.3, 28th. Terrible. Playoff wins, which we'll get into a little bit more, zero in the past 10 years, and made the playoffs their lone bright spot. They've made the playoffs three times, which puts them just at the top of the middle third at 21st. So Mm, you sort of lose on a technicality, Joe. I feel like I was right in my heart. I was close enough. I'll take it. Yeah. Now, Joe, I'm going to do a little top third, middle third, bottom third highlight. It's our final team. I'm just going to go even in this lightning round because, Joe, this team has a NFL all-time record in one of these categories. And that's right. In the playoff wins category which I said was zero for the past 10 years. Well, Joe, it's zero for the past 20 years. And in fact, it's zero if we go all the way back to that 1991 season when they won a divisional round playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys on road <sighs> to their loss to my Washington football club. In that span, they have made the playoffs eight consecutive times. And in that span, they have lost... Every time, one and done, which means they have lost nine playoff games in a row, which is an NFL record. Congratulations, Detroit Lions. That's really bad. That's really bad. uh, That's rough. So here we go. I'm just going to read them out to you, Joe. 2016, they lost to the Seattle Seahawks. 2014, they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. 2011, they lost to the New Orleans Saints. 99, they lost to my Washington football club. 97, they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. 95, lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. 94 and 93, they lost to Rob's favorite, Green Bay Packers. And in 1991, as we said before, they lost their only NFC Championship game ever to my Washington football club. Nine losses in a row. Yeah, I mean, that's just brutal. I mean, that's that's worse. That's a worse streak than... The Bills, who had what was it, seventeen years, nineteen years, whatever. So the Bills haven't made the playoffs since two thousand. Right. I would rather have that record than having made it three times, but but feeling like you can't even win one stinking game in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Mark Sanchez won a game in the playoffs. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's it's the Bengals. I think 
I think the Bengals have six losses in a row, but nine is just so many. Tim Tebow won a playoff game. Yeah, the the moment that broke the internet, that play. <laughs> uh, well, they're certainly not too good. The question of if they're too bad, I mean, I think what's interesting is they are an improving team. They are also a team that if they make a, a playoff run, it will be one of the most exciting playoff runs ever. I mean, if they win a playoff game, they're breaking the longest streak in the NFL. If they lose a playoff game, they're extending the longest streak in NFL history. Either way, it's you, a story. You can't win. No, I mean, I mean, you can't I remember lose. As a Charger fan, I always felt like, thank God for Detroit, because the Chargers, San Diego, just you know, only having gone to one Super Bowl, never having won one. Detroit was like the other team that was a very, very long, long-lived franchise that had never won anything. Which felt good. I mean, never even been to the Super Bowl. That Detroit would win it and leave us behind. I think this is... What did I give uh, the Dolphins? You gave the Dolphins a three and a half. This is better than the Dolphins because when they win it, it's going to be super, super exciting. So let's just say four and a half. Yeah. I mean, this is a team where if they win a playoff game, it's going to be amazing. If they win, if they make it to the Super Bowl, it's going to be amazing. If they win the Super Bowl, it's just, I mean, it's it's kind of like totally a, bonkers. Yeah, it's yeah. like an end world like situation. Like when the Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl is like when hell freezes over a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that like and maybe just because the NFL is newer, but there's so much more attention around the Cubs curse, the Red Sox curse. I guess it's because Detroit also hasn't been coming close. That people don't really yeah. talk about it. I mean, they've made the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> just going 0-8 in the playoffs is just so brutal. I mean, the, the the Lions, of course, had an 0-16 season, which was awesome. You know, that was like historic when they did it. Yeah, I think they're the yeah. only team that's ever done it. So they've been historically bad is what we're saying. But, but that will make it all the more exciting when they win. It will. When they win a single game, it's going to be amazing. Okay. <laughs> four, four and a half in the books. Number two. What do you think about the division? Let's start out with the win percentages, which I don't know if these have changed very much since we last went here last week, but maybe they have. Packers, 60%. Likelihood Vikings, 20%. Lions, 15%. The team we're talking about today, so definitely a puncher's chance at 15%. And the Bears at 5%. When you came here for the Packers, you gave them a 9 when you came here for the Bears just last week, you gave them a matching nine. When you came here for the Vikings, you, I think, didn't like the fact that the Vikings didn't have as historic the rivalries, but you still like the division a lot. And you gave them a seven and a half. So what do you think about where the Lions fit in? Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's a super competitive division with great rivalries and that like the Lions right now are in the mix, which is great. So I think this is... An eight and a half out of ten. They still don't have quite the Bears Packers rivalry going. That's like a that's that's you can't beat that rivalry. But eight and a half yeah. out of ten. Number three, does the head coach meet a minimum threshold of competence? Now, Joe, are we do we have a, a new sponsor for this week's episode? We do. We do. Very exciting news. The does this head coach meet a minimum standard of competence is is sponsored by the new Runaway Success website. Blue Apron. Blueapron.com. 
a better <laughs> no. Uh, it is called Pull the Sidelines. Right, pulling. Pulling no. the sidelines. Rah, rewind. <laughs> it is called. Now, Joe, we're leaving all of this in. This is just like those stupid Pod Save America ads no. where they try to it be is funny. Called, it is called pullingthesidelines.com. All one word, all lowercase. It is a case sensitive URL. Uh, uh, no and URLs are case sensitive, Joe. <laughs> this is this is Learn how the in internet works. This is unique in that way. Uh, pullingthesidelines.com is a new way to evaluate head coaches. Haven't you always wondered what fans think of their head coach? Haven't you always wondered what fans think of their head coach? Not just once, not just at the beginning of the season, not in the middle, not at the end, but throughout the entire season. Are the coaches' approval ratings trending up, trending down? We know that about Donald Trump. We know that about Congress. Why Why not get that information about your head coach? Yeah, why do we have to rely on these Roto World rankings from these informed people? I want the masses to tell me. Absolutely. So all you have to do is go to pullingthesidelines.com, completely free. You have to do this, though, before the start of the regular season. Now, Dan, hold on. No, you, you have to pay $10 every time you submit your ring. Yeah. Dan, Dan, question. That's the business question. model. When you say before the start of the regular season, does that mean before the Thursday game, or, or can they have till Sunday? They'll have until Sunday unless they're a Chiefs or a Patriots fan. Although if they're a Patriots fan, I don't want you on the site. Just... I'm giving him an A+. Plus. So it's going to lock. So you have to get the first vote in for how competent you think your coach is, how much you approve of what they're doing uh, prior to the season. So that way you can track it throughout the season. It's a great site. The more people do it, the better it is, the more accurate it is. And, you know, maybe some future iteration, as when someone else is podcasting about the team that they pick for this category, they can use this site for their information. Yeah. Now remember, click the little microphone and type in code Joe Picks an NFL Team dot last episode dot Lions for then it's completely free. Dan, we should we should note that that um, that, that that offer code is case sensitive. So, <laughs> and when I say dot, you actually have to write out the word dot. <laughs> don't don't type a dot. Then it won't work. Dan, how great would this section of the podcast been had this site already existed? It would have been great, Joe. That next year's, when we pick Joe picks up blank, that's something new. I'm going to create the ranking site in advance. So I have the research done for me. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Dan, tell me about this uh, coach. It's uh, Matt Mellon, right? (laughs) Yes. The commentator on Fox is the coach of the Detroit Lions. No, that's our former general manager, Joe. Their coach is Jim Caldwell. Oh, yes. Mm. Last year in the Roto World rankings, he was 24. This year, he shot up all the way to 21. A more inoffensive John Fox, Jim Caldwell provides a base level of competence. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. <laughs> is, that, is that saying that, that, that John Fox is offensive? I think it's saying that John Fox himself is very inoffensive, but Jim Caldwell is more inoffensive. <laughs> okay. I I see. I see. But Joe, your category in my headings is does a head coach mean a minimum threshold of competence? And the first line of the Roto World thing is a more inoffensive John Fox, Jim Caldwell provides a base level of competence. Why even I mean, read you can't argue. They've <laughs> You can't argue with that. Let's stop there. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> Let's go. Keep it moving. <laughs> no, you cannot give Jim Caldwell 10 out of 10. 
All right, keep going. Keep reading. His Lions squads have excelled at neither offense nor defense, mostly just getting by. Caldwell took its approach to its logical extreme in 2016, allowing offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter to employ a keep-away attack that limited Detroit's own theatrics and kept the opposing team off the field. It was Cowboys light and ultimately toothless since the Lions had zero semblance of a running game. They were summarily blown out of their playoff appearance, managing two field goals in a 26-6 loss to the Seahawks. That's Caldwell in a nutshell. There's a veneer of respectability, but the aspiration for little more. Four is more important than ceiling. The 2017 Lions would probably lack a championship core no matter who was on the sideline. By keeping Caldwell, they're merely admitting it. I mean, he also hired someone named Jim Bob Cooter, (laughs) which is some Don't judge a book by its cover. You know, I always thought that was a stupid saying. That's like what you judge books by. You know how much information you get from the cover of a book? Uh, the author, what art they chose, the, the number of pages in it. Wait, so so a better way to pick books would be to walk into a bookstore and have books without covers. It's just words. I have to walk in and read like 20 pages to know if I like a book. Yeah. Well, I think the better way is to go to goodreads.com, also a sponsor of the podcast, and put in the books you have read, and then they recommend other books. Yeah, which... I'm going to then pick by the cover. I'm going to look and say, oh, that cover art looks interesting. Look, I'm going to read the back of the jacket. The back of the, the, back of the cover has a, has a ton of information on it. All right. This is stupid. Joe, what do you rank? I, I'm just going to say judging a book by, by its cover is not the worst way to judge a book. All right. Uh, noted. Noted. What do I rank? Uh, Roto World puts him at number 21. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I... I hate someone who they describe as as caring more about their floor than their ceiling. That's like a very that's a that's a that's an indictment. I'm gonna say three and a half out of ten. Wow, three and a half. All right, number four. Did the players get in trouble with the law? Overall, since the history of the crime blotter, they only have 18 incidents, which puts them in the bottom third. But in the past five years, they have nine incidents, which puts them in the top third. This is almost the exact opposite of the team we covered in the last episode. The Dolphins had a lot of epis- a lot of incidents overall, but very few in the recent past. The Detroit Lions, opposite. Okay, so I wrote a bunch of stuff here, but, you know, who cares? The, the g- gist of it is they had two scrubs that got in trouble with the law, and they cut them from the team pretty quickly, and they had one guy who was not a scrub who was their 13th pick in the first round in some year that I didn't write down, but in the 2010 sometime, Nick Fairley, and he got in trouble with the law twice, once for marijuana possession, although the thing is it was like he was charged with marijuana possession, but then the charges were dropped after he passed a drug test, which I'm not sure what a drug test has anything to do with marijuana possession, but okay, good for him. And, you know, I'm, I'm pro- the fewer marijuana charges as much as possible. But again, if you have marijuana, like, I don't know what the drug test shows. Maybe he had, like, a really good excuse and the drug test proved that, like, oh, that's actually, like, probably, like, a, uh, you know, a possibility. Yeah, but what excuse makes sense there? Okay, I was trying to buy some allspice for, <laughs> for my hot buttered rum and I assumed... That allspice wouldn't have just been a normal spice because it's called allspice. So I bought this from a guy on the street, and uh, 
you know, I, but but I've never done drugs before. I can prove it to you. I'll take a drug test. Yeah, Joe, no. If Allspice isn't paying for a sponsorship on this podcast, that's the last Allspice <laughs> mention. That's it. They're done. Anyways, Nick Fairley also gets a DUI charge. He's eluding police. He's driving 100 miles an hour. He gets in trouble. What do the Lions do? They do nothing. Nick Fairley's a star defensive player, lined up right next to Indomitian and Sue. You know, to the Lions' defense, for the next two years he's on the team as he uh, plays out his rookie contract, he doesn't get on the crime blotter again. So, you know, take it for what it is. Scrubs get in trouble with the law. They cut them. Star player gets in trouble with the law even twice. And he both the getting pulled over for the marijuana possession and the DUI happen within two months of each other. But, you know, they let it ride. Maybe they help him out or something. And he, he doesn't run afoul of the law again, and they don't cut him. Yeah, and kind of like ticky-tack things, too. Like, they're not, you know, I mean, not the DUI is, but... but Yeah, you know, DUI and driving 100 miles an hour is... Uh, yeah, no, that's bad. That's bad. But, that's not but, ticky-tack. You know, right. That's not like paying for gum or paying for something with gum at the store. Right, which we totally figured out why that happened. Uh, yeah, that's Yeah, okay. this is, let's say, a uh, six and a half out of ten. <laughs> six and a half, Wow. I was like three writing down five. You're, you're all over the place. I think your, I think your strike zone is getting a uh, little corrupted here. Nope, just that, balls and strikes. It's just the amount of butter running through your veins right now. Butter and rum, an odd it's combination. It's problematic. It's problematic. All right. Well, number five is sure to hurt their cause because you can't root for a team that Rob roots for, and I dare say, this is a Green Bay Packer rival, so he cannot like the Detroit Lions. Right, right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help their cause. So he puts Detroit as his, his sixth least favorite team. So they're not at the very bottom, surprisingly. Wow. He hates the Giants. Tom is not going to like that. The Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Jets more than he hates Detroit. Wow. The Jets. Remember, he loves the Patriots. He secretly loves the Patriots probably more than the Packers, but... Rob writes, as a lifelong Packers fan, that's right, Tom, lifelong, unwavering Packers fan, gets your facts straight. As a lifelong fan, I'm obligated to hate the Lions. But honestly, they've been so bad for so long, it's hard to actually hate them. I love that they play every Thanksgiving and usually against the Packers. And the Packers have almost won on Thanksgiving every Thanksgiving. So in a big way, I owe a lot of my holiday happiness to the Lions. Thanks for sucking so bad, Detroit. So... Rob doesn't hate the Lions as much as he probably should as his, you know, one of his division rivals. But I will say he brings up a good point. I could root against Rob every year on Thanksgiving, which would be pretty fun. So um, let's put this up at a seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half out of ten. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Now, according to my research, the Detroit Lions have not won this division ever. So maybe that is. Uh, well, it's okay to not think of them as that inept. It's bound to happen. They're due. <laughs> Could happen. All right. Number six. Is it a city you'd enjoy visiting to go to a game? So, number one in Detroit, the Detroit Institute of Arts. Sounds very nice. Number two, Comerica Park, where the Tigers play. Number three, and our highlight, is the Motown Museum. Now, for the Motown Museum, I have selected a five-star review from Alfio, a visitor from Sydney, Australia. 
Note, this is a five-star review. This was posted a week ago. Okay, so this is hot off the presses. I went on the tour yesterday. A strict no photos. I would like to have taken a pic of our tour guide. She was good. She had it down perfect. The tour was one hour. Just enough to enjoy. Gift shop, if you are an XXL, $42 is your price. It's a money-making <laughs> machine. That's why he guides. Don't push for the tips. The gift shop will hurt your pocket. Don't get me wrong. Tour was great. If you have the dollars for the gift shop, great for you. <laughs> Five I do stars. Have the, I do have the dollars for the gift shop. Now, note, Joe, English is the main language of Australia, so... <laughs> and it's almost as if like punctuation costs money because there's very little of it in this review but five stars dan i have a question for you what do you picture a museum looks like any museum just just your generic museum or let's actually say more accurately a motown museum yeah i don't know I... just bing search this motown museum wow it's, it's like a house like a... Yeah, it's just like it's like two houses. It's just a regular house. Wow. I mean, I assume it must be someone famous's house. I don't know what Motown was, but maybe Motown happened in a house, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it must have because it's just two houses. That's the museum. Yeah. Anybody who knows what Motown is is horribly offended right now, and for that, I apologize. Well, no, Motown is a is a music. It's a it's a it's a style of music. Yeah, but it, I'm sure it wasn't invented in one house. No, that's that was that was the birthplace of Motown. The, literally, that house, born hmm. on the rug in the house. Yeah, I just watched a, a movie about the birth of McDonald's. It's really interesting. You know, sometimes big things can be invented in small places. Joe, was that the tagline for the movie? Are you quoting it? <laughs> They're also a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're we're just you know we just sold out. The last episode is just full of sponsorships, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Remember, right. uh, Blue Apron. <laughs> Use code Joe Picks. Case sensitive. Uh, would I root or would I visit Detroit? You know, I, I've never been to Detroit. I'd be interested in going. I uh, probably won't go ever. But if I were a Lions fan, I'd make the trip. Let's say five out of ten. Five out of ten. Right down the middle. Number seven. Does the team have player or players you could put on a fantasy roster? So in the team fantasy draft, Detroit went 21st, one above Miami, actually. Okay, right one, below Miami. Yeah. one below Miami. Okay. Although I don't, this is weird because we know Miami had a bunch of players. Miami had three players that are worth more than any of these Lions players. Like maybe I, I did the research wrong, but. Hey, maybe someone just like made a bad draft decision too, right? Well, I think Jay Ajayi is worth some dough. But here we've got Matt Stafford drafted 96% of leagues, but only for an average price of $1. Their star wide receiver is Golden Tate, who is drafted 100% of leagues, but only goes for $4. The running back, Amir Abdullah, who's burned me before in fantasy leagues, is drafted 94% of leagues, but only for $2. Their tight end, Eric Ebron, 94% of leagues, only $1. So their highest value player is $4. Golden Tate, former Seahawk. But it's interesting, but they have a lot of players that are owned by 90 plus percent 
of teams. They're yeah, just not I mean, the, this like, is this might players. be why they have some value in the like fantasy team draft, which is that they've got players in a lot of positions that are good but not great, as opposed to like like Stafford is more valuable than Cutler is. So I guess that that probably helps them in the fantasy team draft. But yeah, on a like per player basis, they're no real. This is this is like backup city. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. But on the other hand, if I'm trying to draft Lions because I'm a Lions fan, I could draft six or seven Lions for like 15 bucks in an auction, which is pretty yeah, nice. At the end of the draft, you could just, if the Lions load up on be Lions. like yeah. the Broncos that year, yeah, you'd have them all. So maybe no superstars, but I do like the idea that I could get a bunch and I could actually like save some money and actually buy some great players to go along with my 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 whole team of lions uh so let's say five and a half out of ten. Five and a half out of ten all right doesn't make sense but good <laughs> fine dan this is our last regular season episodes logic nothing matters anymore all right yeah but you're just calling balls and strikes joe <laughs> yeah like you said it's a weirdly shaped strike zone though is the owner a monster? The owner of the Detroit Lions is Martha Firestone Ford. Firestone Ford of the tire and car lineage? So Martha Firestone is her maiden name, was growing up, and she is the like granddaughter of the guy who made Firestone tires. And when she was younger, her mother went to the mother of the guy who is the grandson of Henry Ford and said, I think our children should meet up for coffee. They meet up and then they get married. And there you go. The Firestone and Ford families bonded together, much like the any great alliance on Game of Thrones. Yeah, this is like an alliance of two great houses of Detroit. Absolutely. And so her late husband, William Clay Ford, the grandson of Henry Ford himself was the Lions owner before his death and after his death it goes to Martha Ford when William Ford was the owner of the Detroit Lions he was much maligned he was a man that all he cared about was the Lions to be run profitably it didn't matter how good the team was and you know you can look at six at the time playoff losses in a row or whatever and not making the playoffs for year after year after year he didn't care all he cared about was making the the team uh money which you know in the nfl really isn't that hard if you're willing to have your team be really shitty well later in his life he sort of decided to invest a little bit in the team he returned the team to downtown detroit with a nice facility started you know, writing checks to some free agents and top draft picks and turned over the team to the great aforementioned, not head coach, but GM Matt Millen, who really didn't do a very great job of running the team. And Matt Millen was like, I mean, that guy survived longer than like even Norv Turner has. In, in various places like like his survival in Detroit I remember was just unfathomable like why this guy still has a job yeah I mean I would include GMs in the polling the sidelines rankings but I don't even know who the GMs are so it's too complicated for me but yeah he was surviving he's an idiot and it's funny because now he's like a commentator 
and everybody's like, oh my God, Matt Millen, this genius. It's like, he he was a GM and he was, everything he did was so stupid. Yes, yes. When we tested the theory of him being a genius, it was proven wrong. Yeah. But anyways, Martha Ford, you know, took over the team after William Clay Ford passed away in 2014. And, you know, she basically has run the team like he did in his, you know, new and improved style. She's one of the very few female owners of teams. We actually covered one last week in the 49ers, who is a, a primarily female-owned team. Um, but, you know, other than that, she's kind of like... The, the, the Fords kind of got a bad rap for running the team badly for so long, but they've turned it around recently, and she seems... You could say it's hard to impugn her for how the team was run before, and you could laud her for the way the team is being run now and the fact that she's one of the few female owners and the fact that it's a long... The, the William Clay Ford owned the team for like 40 years or something. And she certainly doesn't seem like a monster. I wonder if when the Firestone and Ford marriage happened, if the Michelin family was like, God damn it. <laughs> they missed out. By the way, I'd like to note, in terms of at asking if she's a monster, she's a 91-year-old woman. <laughs> Wow. 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 So, so, uh, <laughs> she's not going to be, well, okay. I should assume anything. Yeah. Let's back that Joe. up. Yeah. No, she's fine. She's in great health. I'm sure being rich, you know, helps with that. Uh, yeah, Definitely. she doesn't sound like a monster. You know, she's super old at this point. Who's, who's next in line? Just hypothetically, not, not, not making any statement on her health. Uh, I'm not sure, Joe. I'm not sure what the the secession is. Well, would the lineage would it pass to the Firestone line or to the Ford line? Yeah, I don't know. Or the Targaryens, Joe. Yeah, there might be a lot of of claims to that uh, throne, so I'd be worried about it. Uh, no, look, this seems fine, but nothing totally inspiring. Let's say six and a half out of ten. You know, Joe, when a bastard child is born in Detroit, they just give them the last name Ford. <laughs> It's oil, John Oil. <laughs> I like Ford. Although I guess you're right. Ford is like the actual Ford name. Ford is the family name. You don't get the family name if you're a bastard. Yeah. And I think Firestone is an Akron, so if you're born in Akron, you just get the last name Rubber. <laughs> John Rubber. Yeah, Rubber's John actually oil. a good last name. <laughs> All right, whatever you said, six and a half. Number nine. Rate the uniform. And the logo. So these Detroit Lions, the last of our feline logos. Radio executive George A. Richards purchased and moved the Portsmouth Spartans to Detroit in 1934 and renamed the team the Lions. The nickname was likely derived from Detroit's established baseball team, the Tigers, who won 101 games in the AL pennant that year. As the team explained it, the Lion is the monarch of the jungle. We hope to be the monarch of the league. Hmm. I wonder who wins. I, I think based on our previous email, the tiger actually beats a lion in a fight. So I think he really should have just gone with the tigers. But what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think a lion, I mean, lions are, are bigger. They're the biggest and they kind of look the coolest. But I, I agree. I would put my money on a tiger in that like head to head fight. Well, I mean, that guy who sent the email literally said the, the tiger beats the lion in the fight. I think it's important to note that the Lions have a logo change this year. Wow. Dan, 
Do you want to take a second to Bing this? Old Lions logo versus new Lions logo. Wow. Everything has changed, Joe. Yeah. So it's hard for me to picture this logo on a helmet, on jerseys, like like how much You know, the funny thing, Joe, is I've worked at a technology company where they like (laughs) the designers will get in a room and they will be like, we got to change the logo. It doesn't have the right image for our brand. And then they'll spend, they'll go to them, they'll go like, Test it with the people. They'll get. They'll pay <laughs> random people to come and, in yeah, and yeah. look at the logo, and they change it. And one time this happened, and the they changed the logo where it was the, a word, and the first letter was capitalized. And they're like, "We've got to change it so the first letter is lowercase." And everything else stayed exactly the same, <laughs> except for they just made the first letter lowercase. And that was like a month of designer time. Yeah. So for people at home, just so you know what we're talking about, the new Lions logo is literally the exact same thing as the old Lions logo. But instead of just having a white outline, it now has a gray outline around the white outline. (laughs) Around the white one. That's it. And they have gray helmets anyway, so you can't even see the difference on the helmet. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Oh, my God. Uh Though it's funny, if you look at the very, very old Lions logo, there's no eyes or like any detail on the Lions. So it's like over time, they're slowly adding detail. They're adding like leg lines and eyeballs. and. But then you like, see in the old one, it was surrounded by black. Yeah. Wow. So look, I mean, I actually really like the Lions logo because I like that it's like obviously been their logo more or less, you know, uh, with the exception of this controversial gray outline. It's been their logo forever you know some some small variation of it um i also like that it's a lion who is um like in a fighting position like the lion's not just standing or roaring it's like you know doing battle with something yeah um or it's trying to stand on its hind legs i mean it's it's doing something overall i like it i like the colors the color rush are kind of a, are kind of boring but uh it's a pretty Pretty solid uniform. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture of Matthew Stafford in the old and new uniform. He looks so unhappy in both. For I think the new version is just like a CGI of Matthew Stafford, but like they couldn't even CGI like a smile on his face. <laughs> uh, oh, I see. What and you're he looks about. Oh. like he's lost like 40 pounds in the like. like yeah, why is he so unhappy? New, this new uniform is so trim. Matthew Stafford is now like, look, his, his, they've like made his biceps bigger, but his waist smaller. <laughs> uh. He also, yeah, I mean, you know, would it kill you to look excited about wearing the uniform? Man. Yeah. They're like, can you just <laughs> smile for the picture? He's like, no. Please, no. D- I'm yeah. done here. But he's not CGI even looking intimidating. Me. He just, he looks like they didn't tell him they were taking a picture. <laughs> He looks upset. He looks angry. He's like, I don't want to be in this picture. He's pissed at his agent right at that moment. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Let's say a uh, six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Let's say seven. Let's round that up. Wow. That's generous. You are getting the fucking lions moving past this round no matter what it takes, Joe. All right. Number ten. Do they play a style of play you would enjoy watching last year when... These Detroit Lions were in the playoffs. They ranked a nice round 
29th in weighted DVOA with the 15th best offense, mediocre, and the 32nd best defense, dead stinking last. The worst defensive team, a mediocre offensive team, somehow rode that to a 9-7 and record and getting blown out in the first round of the playoffs by the Seahawks. Wow. So I think that's a fair estimate of what you're getting. A team that is maybe average or above average on offense and atrocious on defense. All right, Dan, look, we've done 32 episodes now. This is our last team. I have a confession to make. And I, I'm only going to confess this because I know I'm a little bit embarrassed about this because I know that the people who have listened to this podcast thus far, they already like me. They've, they've accepted me for who I am and past the point that I could ask, but I need to ask now because I don't know what DVOA means. Okay. Joe, I don't know what it stands for. We talk about it every episode. I make my rankings based on it, but I don't know what it means. I've, I've surmised that you want your DVI DVOA to be low, not high, but that's about all I know. Okay. Joe. So the key thing that DVOA does, so DVOA stands for, Defense-adjusted value over average. Every team only plays 15 other games. There are 32 teams. And not only that, but they you know they play the same team twice. So just looking at overall record or looking at other things like that doesn't actually give you a full picture because every team is not playing more than half of the league. So Got DVOA it. attempts to adjust each team's like statistics about stuff based on who they're playing and, you know, based on those people's DVOAs. And then the actual nitty-gritty of it, I don't actually know how the fuck it works, but basically they they look at, like, the result of plays. They look at who that play happened against, and then they do a bunch of stuff to to get some sort of ranking. But the key thing to know about DVOA is that it adjusts for the strengths of opponents. And how do you square that with, like, teams that sort of play play up or down to their competition level i mean when you get into these analytics games what they try to do is i think the concept of a team playing up or down to its level of competition is very much a pattern that people put on a team to to like explain what they're seeing and it's not always accurate like a lot Mm, of times the concept of a team playing up or down to their team is just a team that's not very good and they like Detroit went nine and seven and DVOA puts them at the 29th best team. I mean, it thought they were terrible. So if it's basically, this is a team that probably was playing probably had a very weak schedule and probably played good against the bad teams or maybe had a lot of close games because they were playing, you know, a bunch of mediocre teams. But whenever you do analytics, like you, you want them to like pass the eye test, but at the same time, Sometimes the analytics like explain the eye test a little bit and they explain Got what it. you're seeing. So I think now we really need to go back and re-rank all the teams now that I understand it. Uh, just in this one category. We don't have to do all the rankings. But it doesn't actually matter what it means. All that matters is that this is a ranking system that somewhat people like and <laughs> it just tells you what the teams are. Yeah, no, I'm Yeah, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. Yeah, the Lions, I mean, 
I guess I've always thought about their offense as being good. So that the fact that you say that they're mediocre is interesting because I just have always thought like, okay, Matthew Stafford, I, I think I just read that he's like now the highest paid player in the NFL. And they had Megatron. I I guess I've just I've always thought about their offense as being not the problem with their team. But what you're telling me is that their their offense isn't even that good anymore. So that's yeah. not great. I mean, I'm looking back a year because I thought you're right. They always strike me as a good team. But in 2015, their offense was 13th best and their defense was 16th best. So that year, the last year, they were the 11th best team when they went seven and nine according to DVOA. But their offense was right around the same level, and their, it was just their defense was much better. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is fine, but let's say it's a uh, four out of ten. Four out of ten, and look at this, Joe. Going back one more year, offense nineteenth best and defense third best. Wow, they had the third wow. best defense that year. But again, overall, they're just fifteenth best. So. Yeah, I mean, for a supposedly great offense, they haven't cracked the top 10 in DVOA. Where's my Washington Football Club? They're pretty good. Oh, wow, look at that. Washington Football Club, fifth in offensive DVOA and then 25th in defense last year. That sounds well, about Well, yeah, that's right. the thing we talked about with them, right? It's like that great offense <laughs> counterbalanced by a terrible defense. Yeah. Wow, your San Diego Chargers were the opposite. I wouldn't have expected that. 19th best offense and 8th best defense. Oh, you've got yeah, that really young s- guy who's r- really good. Or you had that young guy. Joey Bosa. Yeah, they really yeah, they really yeah. struggled on like on third down in the red zone on offense last year. It was super frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's the old team, Joe. Your new team hopefully will not have such problems. But before we do that, number 11, what is interesting about the Lions fan base? Well... I can think of a couple things that are interesting. One, the whole Thanksgiving thing. I don't know the history of it. I probably should have researched it, but I think the Lions are the people who invented that. So they play on Thanksgiving every year, which is cool. They clearly have a tortured fan base because they have not won a playoff game in the last 26 years while they've lost nine in a row, which is terrible. They had the 0-16 team. I think this is a fan base that was known for their stretch of way beyond mediocrity, their stretch of downright ineptitude. And they, I think they sort of embraced it for a little bit. And, you know, now they're finding a new identity as like, instead of being an inept team, just being a mediocre team. Yeah. I'm reading that the fan culture, they used to have a term called being lionized, which is when you as a Lions fan finally accept that the Lions will always be incompetent. And just kind of like sink into it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think that this seems to me like a team that um, maybe expectations are being raised a little bit. People don't think of the Lions as the seller dwellers of the league anymore. I don't think anyone's yeah. betting on them to win the Super Bowl this year, but they definitely have improved. But I think if you're a fan of the Lions, man, if you're a long term fan, you've suffered through, I mean, the worst playoff drought ever. So, I mean, that's a big... Well, it's not the playoff like, drought. It's just the playoff wind drought. Playoff wind drought, right. right Which right, is almost... Right. It, it's it's almost worse. No, it it's it's definitely worse. Absolutely. Yeah, it's worse. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, kudos to the fans who have stuck around. I think you have to give them points for that. So let's just say uh, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Wow. And Joe, what about that buttered rum you're drinking? Oh, this drink... Really just tastes like drinking butter. I can't do it. 
I can't do it. It's not good. I'm sure if you order it in a, in a like restaurant where they where they make it well and they like simmer it all day or whatever, but it it did not work out. The homemade butter rum doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Let's say uh, <laughs> one out of ten. One out. Oh my! That god, was my Joe. last ranking, Dan. Oh my god! Wow. And Joe, that one. This the Lions were poised, poised to leap into the Sweet 16, but that one out of 10 is like a one of those poachers paying a lot of money and just like crept out of the bushes and just shot the damn thing dead because their final score now is 66 and a half. Only oh. a scant. I mean, they were just, they were at 65 and a half going into that last ranking. Who's around 66 and a half? Well, the... Panthers are at 66, and they're a maybe. They're in. The Broncos at 62, and the Chargers at 62. Also maybes, and they're in. But outside of them, we've got the Cardinals at 69.5 are out. The Washington Football Club at 66.5 out. The Buccaneers at 65 out. The Patriots at 65.5 out. The Dolphins at 64.5 out. That's what I meant to say for the Patriots, but nobody's listening at this point because this podcast has gone on way too long. So this is, I mean, the last team was borderline. This team is super borderline. This is very borderline. And I kind of feel bad because the drink is what's knocking them out of contention, which seems pretty rough to me that like, you know, I mean, the drink's really bad. Now, Joe, I mean, I know you're just calling ball and strikes here, but by passing them through, you create a play-in game, which... A, you might say the playing game's exciting, or B, you might say if you don't pass them in, then the whole thing works out perfectly, and you've exactly done 16 in and 16 out. So, I mean, I don't even know which is better. It, it, it's really, I mean, this last decision you have to make in, this, in these 32 podcasts, it might be your toughest of the whole thing. This is the toughest decision I've ever made in my life. This could change everything. Because a play-in game, you know, has a huge amount of, uh, of luck involved. It's, it's, it's luck of the draw. Anything can happen. Literally, anything. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the play-in game is either going to be against the Chargers or the Broncos. Or the zombie team, if, the char- if they have oh. a lower ranking... You're the right. Charger, It'll Chargers almost certainly be the zombie team. Well, not necessarily. No, no. The zombie team yeah. might be a team with a higher ranking. Yeah, yeah. Right. There are a lot of t- teams with a higher ranking. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's let's say let's move the Lions on. They they deserve it. The drink is not their fault. Wow. They're in. They did it. The they last it. team, Joe. We go out with on a positive note. Oh. Wow. This drink really is bad, though. They they lucked out. They lucked out that I'm in a generous mood. Dan, we did it. 32 episodes. I'm amazed. I can't believe it. I mean, it's not done yet because I have to now edit all of these, but we kept them all reasonably short-ish, which is good. And by the time I'm editing this, there might be thousands of people submitting their preseason coach ballots, which would be... Very exciting. That would give me the energy to uh, to get this posted on time. Wait, where do we post those again, Dan? 
they, they've already listened to it, Joe. <laughs> All right. Any any last parting words, Joe? Because the next time you and I podcast together, we are going to be sitting across from each other, fit, you know, going through this final bracket. It's been such an interesting process, and I've learned so much about so many teams. And, you know, even even this, the now, whatever, uh, 15 teams that I didn't move on. No, 16 teams, because I didn't pick 16. They'll still be a zombie team. Even the 16 teams that I didn't move on, I still, like, I will like them and respect them more in this next NFL season because I just know so much more about them now. Yeah. I've learned so much, too. It's been, and hopefully, I mean, our listeners have as well, I'm sure. And I think it's going to be interesting in the playoffs because, you know, it's 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 not going to be long into the playoffs before we're suddenly cutting teams that I really have developed an affinity for. It's going to be hard. I mean, it's once get the ugly. playoffs start, the Firestones are going to hit the road and, uh, you know, shit's going to, this thing's really going to, I mean, you're going to go from 17 teams to one in the next 10 days. Yeah. It's, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal, man. All right, Dan. It's been a it's been a crazy ride. Thanks, man. It's been unbelievable, Joe. I can't wait to see you in Seattle. I can't wait for our fantasy draft, although I guess that's going to be after our next podcast. So, yeah, fans out there, the only thing you can do at this point, if you're listening, is go to pollingthesidelines.com, sign up, get your initial preseason ranking is, and just stay tuned for the uh, playoffs podcast to begin. It's going to be great. Very excited, Dan. Can't wait, Joe. All right. All right. Later, man. See ya.